0: Welcome to the Westside Investors Network, Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. And now your hosts, AJ and Chris Shepard. Hi, this is Chris Shepard. Just a disclaimer, The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only. They should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments, or take any other actions. Thank you and enjoy the show.
1: Today we've got Keely O'Brien with us on the show. He's the CEO of O'Brien and Company LLC. We talk about how he got started in the construction and development industry and what kind of advanced technology they're using with their projects. He also shares about the process of how this design build platform adds more sustainability and efficiency to the industry through collaboration with contractors. So let's welcome Keely O'Brien. All right, today we have Keely O'Brien with us. He is CEO and president of O'Brien and Company LLC and also president of Open Concept Architecture. Keely, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
2: I'll tell you about my my company because it's more about the company myself so we're kind of the most technology advanced design build firm in the Northwest right now. We really specialize in you know high-end hotels wineries breweries distilleries custom homes so a lot of the fun stuff and we're, we're even getting to a lot of multifamily these days too so and we're we're unique because we actually have Architecture and construction within the same company, which is very rare throughout the Northwest.
1: That's awesome. I mean, kind of getting back to the start, how did you get into all of this stuff? Like, what, how did you, you know, get into owning your own company? And, you know, how'd you get to where you're here today?
2: Oh, it's definitely a, a lot of hard work, but, you know, I started at Oregon State and decided to become a professional student, got two degrees in construction engineering and business administration was there so long, they gave me a minor in finance that I didn't even know about. So kind of well, well-rounded for the development and construction industry. And then randomly, I joined a large engineering firm called Bechtel. So I bounced around the world with them doing high-end light rail projects as suspension bridges. I was in Europe for a while for them, and it was all design-build at that time. And then randomly, they were going to send me to Iraq to lead the charge to rebuild the bridges that we were blowing up. And that's where I said, okay, I'm not going to go to that desert. So I ended up down in Phoenix, where I ended up becoming a senior developer for Gray Development, doing multifamily down there. So really got a well-rounded education. Gray Development was also design build. And eventually, I saw Phoenix was about to blow up in 2007. So I called up my parents and said, how's it going up there? I'm going to come home because Phoenix is about to blow. And literally after six months after I left, it sank pretty hard. So came back home. I was working for a while in general construction. And then in 2011 with a brand new baby and a thousand dollars in my pocket, just started a design build firm. So that's kind of the long, long approach how I got here.
1: Yeah. You've definitely come a long way. What what have been some of kind of the challenges from, you know, that thousand dollars in, in your pocket to, to where you are now?
2: I mean, the Challenges are relevant, right? If in, The great thing in this country is if you work hard, you can do anything. I started out with my very first job was a 3,000 square foot paver job that I did in the snow with pneumonia for my cousin, right? Then I got a thousand bucks and I was so excited. And then I like replaced some windows and did some deck jobs. And then next thing you know, we got a couple more jobs and then I started hiring people. And I, I still remember telling my wife "It's like, I don't want any employees. It's just, I can't, can't manage that and looking back now we have almost 102 employees and and are continuing to rapidly grow with about 20 20 open job positions right now so you know if you just put your head down and go after it you're you're going to get beaten up a lot but if you keep smiling and keep charging you're going to do well.
0: Keely that's pretty awesome. What made you interested in real estate and construction kind of in the first
2: place? I mean, I've been born and raised in the industry. I mean, my great-grandparents were building the rail- railroads across the country. So I just was never smart enough to get out of it. So I'm still in it. <laughs> just one of those things. And I can tell you it's probably one of the most grinding industries there is, but it's also one of the most rewarding. Because at the end of the day, when you see all these people enjoying that last year and a half of hard work, that you put into this beautiful like winery or brand new hotel and they're all having fun and you're just like, I did that. And it's just super rewarding that way.
0: Yeah, the feeling of creating something that wasn't there before is always a great feeling, even with a little remodel like we do. (laughs) But so in your intro, you you said that you, you guys are one of the most technologically advanced development companies. So what does that mean exactly? What, like, what does technologically advanced mean in the development
2: industry? So here, here's where you'll see me really light up because the, <laughs> the, the building industry is actually, it hasn't changed in about 100 years. We're really doing a lot of things that we've been doing forever and ever and ever. And it's actually, it actually got really bad to where we're very siloed. So like, you know, architects just do this, contractors do this, engineers do this. And everyone's in their little little worlds with their little little sections and there's very little collaboration there's a lot of fighting and stuff so but we're at a revolution with technology right now that's completely changing our industry so it's like when our designers or architects are designing now it's it's not like a piece of paper anymore this this say it's a cube, and this cube has now got texture it's got quantities it's got cost it has CNC values. I mean, it, it has everything that you're doing on the computer actually can go right to reality now. We can drop it into virtual reality. We can we can just hit print and it comes out of a machine and it, it is now pre-cut and labeled in English and Spanish. So, you know, there's just a lot, of, a lot of really cool things that are coming together that are streamlined in our industry and hopefully going to make it much more efficient. We're in a serious labor shortage right now in the next 10 years, 40% of construction workforce is going to be retiring. So we got to get really creative and pre-manufacturing and really using our design and building those BIM libraries, building information management system libraries that can do a lot of this work for us. So imagine when you're, you're designing and you, you can drop. So we just did this. We had a client that was in France. We dropped them in their VR goggles. We put our VR go- goggles on too. We could all drop it to the model together. And now we're walking around, you can see each other and I can pull up a a menu in the virtual reality world. And he's like, I don't like this countertop. Well, here's a marble one. I hit a button. Here's a wood one, here's a copper one. And as we're switching through this, we can actually have the costs on the back end are actually adding. So as you're doing these tours and leaving notes and making these changes, all the design is now connected to costs and the costs are coming out so the clients can see in real time how their their decisions are affecting their budgets because believe it or not everyone's got a budget and so we got to like be very very conscious of that and make sure we design to that budget the very first time that target target value for our clients is the most important thing.
0: Interesting and so through virtual reality you're able to like augment the client experience it's, as opposed to coming up with like elevations or 3D renderings, you, you're able to just use, I mean,
2: it, is that like something in SketchUp or? No, it's or, actually, it's called the wild. So SketchUp is great. It's very, I mean, it's a very basic kind of free college program. Like all the entry level people are using that. But what we have is called the wild, which takes our Revit models and they're, they're, their actual real design that you're actually can build off of. And with those models, you know, our clients can walk through in in the real time design, they can see walls changing. They can tour their projects after hours and leave notes for us or questions for us. So they're part of the collaboration experience. Our whole goal is to remove like the change orders and changes in the field. If we can get rid of all those items because our clients could actually visualize it before we even start construction You're going to go faster. Client's going to be happier. There's going to be a lot less problems in the field. You know, there's a lot of people put a lot of value into a rendering, but all that is is a real pretty snapshot that usually just gets crumpled up and thrown away. What we like is like the real-time design changing. So you can jump in there and see the different perceptions of space and window sizes and views. And, you know, is the bar wide enough for for two bartenders to get behind it? So that's, that's what we're pushing hard for. Do you think that this is something that could kind of
0: change the permit process in kind of city development or cool. specifically the city of Portland? That's a big <laughs> ask.
2: That's a huge ask. Where I really see it helping a lot is just, you know, humans are visual by nature. And if, if they can actually jump in the model and get their heads around a project, many of these jobs are super, super complex. And if you can actually walk into it, we actually can tag the building components with different data so that if, say, a building official is like, okay, what is this connection? He can click right on it and just see the the calculations related to it. So I guess eventually, but, you know, cities and governments are always a decade, maybe more behind. I mean, they're just really starting to learn how to do e-permitting and portal management stuff. So it'll be a long time, but... At least in the private sector, I think it's really going to change a lot of people.
0: So, what do you think the biggest like gain is? I mean, a client collaboration and like removing change orders is big, but do you think that it's going to decrease the amount of time it takes to develop a project and just building it and just like cutting down on that or where where's the biggest gain
2: with yeah, having the Indeed, it's, it's speeding up a lot of the collaboration because now you can bring in all your architects, your consultants, all your designers. They could all jump into the virtual reality world and actually walk around and see things with you. They can leave their own comments and notes. And then you got to be thinking that, you know, to design a, a set of cabinets right now, an architect or a designer will make a nice picture of the drawings, and then you have to send it to a supplier. You have to go get it bid out. then you have to get shop drawings and those shop drawings have to go back to the architect. And the architect has to confirm with the owner to approve them. And then they kick all the way back through and then they go into the manufacturing process. Now imagine designing those things. One time, the architect's doing it and then he's hitting print and they're coming out of the CNC machine. So you're taking out all the middleman, bureaucratic steps, processes, inspections, and you're just doing it once and right the first time. So the efficiencies of that is going to be really amazing once once we can really perfect these systems wow
1: does that software that you have those bims now does that directly like connect with the cabinet maker currently or is that like something that you're working towards in the future
2: yeah there's a lot of connections that are coming online right now so like our framing systems can go right to a cnc machine so imagine going out to a field where you don't even have to cut or measure a single thing so what, what we do is we have a, a laser total station that you drop the drawings into. The laser shoots out all your anchor points, all your foundations where you need to lay your boards down, and then the, the lumber package comes out on site. And all you're doing is rapidly, like, putting it together. Like, a bunch bunch of, you know, inexperienced people can actually start framing a house pretty quickly now just because it's, it's becoming that easy. And then as we're framing, we bring in our laser scanner. So we have this million-point cloud scanner that measures things down to a one thirty second of an inch. We do a quick scan of the building, then you can drop the model right on top of it. And you can see if anything's out of plumb or not in the right locations pretty quickly. And this is eventually all leading to XR and BDC, where you can see the building through your goggles, out of, you know, your safety glasses out on the job site. And you can actually see where the boards are supposed to go or what, what things are out of plumb, because you could overlay the reality of the building with the, drawings one day so
1: you're saying that you could just be out on a half built site and then with your vr goggles on and it would be like it's like it's built and you can kind of walk around is that what
2: i'm hearing i mean we can do that with our cell phone right now so you can just hold up your cell phone (laughs) on a, a blank piece of ground right now and then you can see the building come to life like we're doing this really cool brewery down on broadway in 122nd no 22nd And it's called Steeplejack Brewery. And and before we even design the thing, we can actually take the visual renderings and hold up your phone and walk around the project. And you can see how this old church is becoming a brewery in the future.
1: That's awesome. And so you can actually do it with projects that are – built you just have to model what's there and then yeah. model the, the new stuff.
2: Yeah, so it all comes back to the power of the model and these models are gonna have everything in, in our lives them. I mean, we really have no more paperwork anymore. And you know, for long term sustainability, you can go into the models and just click on how do I keep this door exterior door maintained and you have all the directions right there. So, you know, your digital buildings now are gonna just be full of information to help you not only manage and operate the building but you know it's useful for future renovations and additions too
1: oh that's awesome i didn't even think of that so like in that bim or whatever you're building out is also like all the information about the product and it's kind of like your operations and maintenance manual just like right there in virtual reality
2: instead of getting that five inch manual that you just throw (laughs) in a closet at the end of a project you know you just you just click into the the, the computer and you just tour around it's like okay Let's, let's go here. The other cool thing that we do with our scanner is before we put insulation in and drywall up, we actually go through and we can scan the whole utilities of the interior utilities of a project. So now to like a 16th of an inch, we know where every wire is, where every fitting is, where every gasket is. So say if you ever have a problem in the future or you want to do an addition in the future, you just pull up that model and you can go right to it. It's like, and then you just, you know, one inch measure over and you're right on that wire that you need to fix.
1: Yeah, that's great. So of all these like technologies, what, what do you think is the most beneficial or has been the most
2: beneficial? For us, it's really about building the BIM library correctly. And typically, an architectural firm will just do it with the end goal of doing permit drawings, 2D permit drawings, where our architectural firm is thinking much bigger and long-term. So as we're building these models, they have all this data and values and accuracy in it right now. That, that it can be used for the BR. Then we use Assemble, another Autodesk product that does all the quantity takeoffs for us. My whole life I've been doing quantity takeoffs, counting two by fours and windows and doors and everything. The computers, <laughs> the computers do it now. It's just amazing. And you know, it makes it easier for our suppliers and subs because now they don't have to do quantity takeoffs either. They just get a whole list. So you're getting better pricing that way. And then it goes right to the manufacturers. It's all organized and you don't have to go through the, the shop drawing process anymore. So, you're just cutting out all these unnecessary steps that we had in the old paper roll.
0: So when it comes to duplicating one of these buildings, you know, like let's say that you're doing a subdivision with like four different types of houses, or, I mean, it, it just seems like the gains that are available to mass produce or even like modularly produce buildings like these
2: could streamline the process even further. Yeah, it's, it's even, even more powerful in a production building environment. So like when we do a hotel room, and it's got 60 hotel rooms, and essentially all the same, you just design one and then you mass produce it all the way through. You're just copying the blocks and pasting them all the way through. Of course, you have all the amenities and, and lobbies and all those other areas that are more custom, but where where it's really, really powerful in my mind is on the custom building, the unique stuff. And if you can master these technologies, it will make these very complex and challenging projects a lot simpler. I mean, that's our ultimate goal is to make design and construction simple.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have worked in the, the construction field a lot, so I'm very familiar with a lot of the terms. and. I I remember starting off in the takeoff department and not, not having to count stuff would certainly be a, be a huge benefit. And it's like, whenever you're getting bids from people too, it's like making sure that apples are compared to apples instead of like apples compared to oranges. I mean, if someone else takes it off differently or or whatnot. So having, having that list of materials is going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. And it is an exact, exact list of materials now too so it like there is there is no more guessing and there is no oh my god i forgot all this stuff or i'm i'm totally guessing too high you know you're, you're getting your your true true value out of the design now
0: so yeah. with this technology what do you think is is going to change about the development industry you know in the
2: next 10 years so d- development is it's all about time and money, construction, financing, and, and all those you know costs that you have building up because you're, you're putting a lot of financial capital into something that isn't really making any money until you either lease up the project or, or it's built. So the timeline to develop a new project, especially if it's one you've done before, it's going to probably cut in half, if not less than that, and it will just help help people get projects out of the ground a lot faster and reduce your your construction financing costs.
0: And then on the construction side, you know, there's going to be streamlining for the framing companies, the general contractors, the electricians, the plumbers, the HVAC guys. I mean, you guys are are kind of the architects of everything, but is, you know, and you mentioned that 40% of construction labor is retiring. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to that, that building, like new build industry?
2: You're going to see a lot more pre-manufacturing. So you'll be seeing us slowly move into warehouses. So say a big 50,000 square foot warehouse where we're building the wall that has electrical, the plumbing, the drywall on it and everything. And we're just shipping them to the job sites. So you're going to see things become more manufacturing even for custom jobs because we now have the technology and accuracy and the designs to actually make this happen if they all line up correctly and you're using them properly. It's very very complicated, but once you get it down, it's it's gonna be awesome. It's
0: like walls with sheetrock and texture and paint on them or correct. Wow. I mean that's and that's that's, that's they're how they're all just gonna go together, together like Legos?
2: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal is to minimize your connections because connection points are where you have the most failures, even when you're building stick building out in the field. So the fun part with our designs now, we can even, here's another thing we do with our designs is we can link them to our Microsoft projects and then we can explode the whole building systems apart. And then we can link one with each slide on the schedule and you can see the project come virtually together as you're building it. And then say, well, I, I didn't think about this or I, I have a conflict here. You can reorganize the schedule and then you can watch it and you hit play and the whole project starts coming together to your schedule. So you, you can actually run through three or four evolutions of how to put our project together out in the field, all connected visually too.
1: So it's That's kind of like an animation going on is kind of what you're saying. Is like it literally build it in 3D right in front of you?
2: yep yeah drops okay. in all the floor joys drops in the walls and you're like oh wait i forgot about the roof roof trust <laughs> connection to so the call here so you hit rewind you put that put that one it in falls there. over yeah so like, <laughs> yeah there's there's no gra- gravity in virtual reality so you won't get that scenario but i'm sure they'll come up with something soon
0: <laughs> yeah like literally like a gantt where you know seconds equals days and
2: You know it's all happening and kind of going up. Yep, just you hit hit play and see the building built right in front of you in virtual reality and if it doesn't look right or something changes you know you just kind of reorganize things and it's really good too because when we're in pre-construction often the superintendent isn't fully involved at the time yet so when, when they get start to get involved in the project you know you could run through virtually how you're seeing the project come together and then they, they can actually put their ideas and go through a different evolutions into it. And, you know, you just, you, you can test run it so many times without spending any money. You're just, you know, you're just moving things around and then hit and play again.
0: Yeah. That seems like a, a guy, really good tool. We have a carpenter who would like, literally he like asks us for this on every project. He's like, and then he'll play devil's advocate on everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, did you think about this? Well, You know what about this and and i'm just like scott you're the expert like you know make it all happen in the field and (laughs) we're not architects but this is like a a remodel project so yeah he would you know to be able to put the goggles on and then see the project like get built that would just be mind-blowing
2: and this is where like the design build process is really going to be changing the whole industry. So the, the typical world now where I want to say like 90% of the projects are done, especially in the Northwest is it's the design, then bid, then build process. So you have a client and an architect, they come together without any other collaboration. There are a couple other different delivery models that have a little bit more collaboration than this, but, you know, they, they go down a the road, they did, they design a project and then they put it out the bid. Most often than not, this thing comes in, you know, 50% over what the client's budget was because no one was working with them in that collaboration experience all the way through the project. So in a design build world, you actually have the architect and contractor are on the same team. So you got like cats and dogs sleeping together kind of thing. And and they're working together all the way through and they're they're checking each other. They're helping each other. They're collaborating. How, the contractor is like helping, you know, why don't you use this trust system because it's going to be less expensive. And because of that, now we are able to increase the aesthetic value of the project or we can add more sustainability or we can add solar powers to, or solar panels to a project. So, you know, just the efficiencies, the speeds and everything, we're, we're able to make more sustainable and more aesthetically pleasing projects. So it's a kind of a win for everyone.
0: So Keely, you mentioned like a manufacturing side, you know, like your design build company being in this like massive 100,000 square foot warehouse where you're literally manufacturing buildings in pieces and shipping them out on trucks. Is any of that happening right now for your projects?
2: Not not in the complete sense. I mean, we are doing wall systems, panelizing that way. We don't have the big warehouse yet because we're still working through the technology, but there are companies, especially in Europe and Australia that are starting to do the complete systems here. So it's not, not that far off. And, and we're pushing hard for this. If we can be one of the first in the area to really master this program and process, you know, there's, there's not going to be anyone holding us back because we're going to be so much more economical and faster than everyone else.
0: So you think it's kind of like a space
2: race of some sort? It's a total where- Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a lot of time and money and headaches and everything I mean, we have a technologist in the company this is like its full-time job is to advance us on these softwares and systems and drones that do survey and laser scanners that as built buildings and you know all, of, all the software that we need to make all this happen.
1: I was actually going to ask that is like what kind of steps or efforts have you taken to become this like cutting edge and revolutionary with technology like the idea of having a, a you said a technologist just in the company that's his entire job, but maybe if you could describe some of the challenges that you had when you, when you started getting into this and like, what, what kind of drove you to become this, this type of, you know, leader, thought leader in the, in the industry. Yeah, I mean, the whole
2: reason that we originally took the, the company design build is because we kept getting these projects specifically winery jobs that were two to $3 million over budget then we'd have to spend months and months and months coming up with all this value engineering. By the time we're done and hack this project back to what the client could afford, the the design intent of it was just trashed and it was just heartbreaking. So you have like some of these most iconic, beautiful places that have kind of a cobbled together, this is what I can barely afford project. So our, our first step was to really bring the architectural design Within within our organization, and we, we don't only do this with our own architectural group, but we also partner up with 12 other architectural firms into this whole process. And then from that, we start from the very beginning before any design is even done and work together all the way through a team. So that, that was kind of the first step was to really get the design team involved and then making the contractor or the construction site do the major paradigm shift to realize they're part of the team. There's no one to blame. There are no change orders. If you don't think about this, you're screwed because it's all on you, you know? So, you know, just, just doing those big mental shifts where everyone is owning the whole project all the way through. That's been one of our biggest challenges.
1: How did you get them to the contractors? I'm assuming you're talking about like subcontractors to like buy into that kind of like methodology.
2: Yeah, I'm talking about our own house construction team. So on the yeah. construction side, we have about I want to say 65 men and women that are either superintendents, project managers, project engineers, or out in the field framing. And you know, we have the battle every time, especially when we bring someone new into a project that they just like, hey, you're part of the design process now, and for the the designer to realize they're part of the construction process now too. So just using the the strengths that architects have been trained in, the strengths of contractors have been trained in and, and really pushing them together into that collaborative team. It's just really changing things for us.
1: I mean I know that like we've had we've struggled with some of our employees like adapting to change and even, you know, with some techno you know, new technologies, it's a little bit harder to learn. Have you like faced any challenges with people just being adverse to using technology or Like being able to see the benefits of it?
2: I mean, mean, if you want to ask if I still ask my son how to use an iPad sometime, yeah. (laughs) That that is human nature, right? Especially for some of us that are in our mid-40s and 50s, things have changed so much since we were starting in this industry that is just mind-blowing. You just almost cannot keep up with it. So, you just have to be able to like spend the time and put the thought into it and really learn it. And I think with the visualization side of it, that's where it's really pushing people forward faster because now, now it's not just a bunch of data and numbers and things behind the scenes. It's things you could actually see and walk through and, and explore.
0: Well, Keely, this is a view into the future that, you know, I hadn't seen before, you know, there's all this technology coming down the pipe. And just listening to what it's doing to the development industry is really, really exciting. And I can just like see uh, 1000s of things that can be streamlined and efficiencies. It's pretty awesome. Like, I can see how you get so excited about
2: it. There's some in- industry groups out there like the Design Build Institute of America, the DBIA. They're the thought leaders and really pushing this whole process together. And you know, the ultimate goal is just create better better buildings for our communities and to have better experiences in these buildings. So if I, I believe if we all work harder for this, we're gonna have a, a much better built environment in our future.
0: And like with with all the talk of infrastructure spending you would see, you would think that this would be something that would get, you know, significant funding, Yes, yeah, so the government.
2: Yeah. The, so the government, like we talked before, is, is always going to be naturally hesitant or slow. They want to see something proven for a couple of decades before they actually start dipping their toe into it. But some agencies like the university system in Washington right now, that's all they're doing is design build. They're, they're really pushing the envelope and pushing the whole design-build category. So we're now starting to slowly see these public work projects come into a design-build delivery model, and it's just proving to be much more cost-effective and faster for the public entities. You get the infrastructure. A lot of infrastructure, ironically, already is design-build because it's so you know production-based and repetitive. You know, that's the world of to, where I, back to I came from, where it was all the heavy civil work and that's been designed go for years. So it's just finally getting to the real construction industry. Cool.
0: Well, I think we are getting to be at that point in time where we're gonna ask you our final four questions.
2: Oh, so, give me the zingers. Let's go. Here you go.
0: All right, I
1: will start it off. What's one piece of advice you would give to your 25 year old self?
2: Boy. I would probably say focus more on emotional intelligence and understanding people and how to work with people more. For a lot of my youth, you know, hard charging, kind of running over people to get things done. So I would tell myself to to slow slow down a lot and get more collaborative and to really understand, like, when you're talking to an employee, you you only see the tip of the iceberg, right? And that's the work side of it. But underneath of that is you know, their their hobbies, their pets, their family, their health issues, and all those other things. And we just got to be more conscious about, especially in our industry, about, you know, the holistic picture of people and just be able to really nurture people to their, their greatest value that they have and creating great experiences for them. Was that too deep? Uh,
0: no, no. That tip of the iceberg analogy is a really good one. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. What was your first entrepreneurial endeavor?
2: My first entrepreneurial endeavor, there's been a couple like big misses. Like back in 2008, I put together a 60, 61 unit apartment complex up on Marine Drive. 2008, of course, hit. And after I spent years and years trying to get together and then you, no one would finance anything back then. Eventually we had to sell the deal off to another developer who had enough capital to make it happen. So that was kind of like one of my my big misses back in the day. But the fun ones are just happening right now. So we have two really high-end hotel projects that I'm starting to put the development side together on. So it's all about first having the great locations. One's in Lake Oswego, another one's in wine country. And we're just pulling together the, the final details here. And of course, it's going to be a couple of years of a process, getting it through the city, getting approvals and stuff. But my goal in, in five to seven years is you'll be seeing me proudly representing two of the flagship hotels in the whole state of Oregon. Awesome. Amazing.
1: Well, cool. Next question is, how has your formal and informal training shaped your journey?
2: So you look back at your your college days, you learn how to deal with people, how to get through the grind. But It's hard to really pinpoint where, especially in my world, being a general contractor, how fluids and dynamics actually influences your life every day or statistical equations or calculus, you know, you, you go through all these classes and you you never, ever use them again. So that's the hard part on the formal side. I really, really always recommend people is just, just get out there into the real world and just start taking on everything you can unload your boss's shoulders and, and just strive to learn as much as you can. Be curious all the time. Ask a ton of questions. Annoy the hell out of the people around you because you're asking so many questions and just be a sponge <laughs> that way. On the informal side, you know, there's been a lot of benefits for me. Being in a fraternity, I can take a three-story brick house with 75 drunk guys and turn it into a pirate ship in one day. You know, that, that kind of leadership skills really helps you in the industry. So other than that, just really networking a lot. You know, getting out there, meeting people. People have a hard time with that, especially in this pandemic environment. It doesn't mean like you don't talk to people anymore. You gotta pick up the phone and say, hey, how you doing? Just wanna check in with you. Just like people that you've met once or twice in a different industry and just, you know, really follow up with people and, and check in with them. Especially now, people need that more than ever. Unfortunately we're starting to get outdoors a lot more and do more things.
0: Yeah, thank oh, goodness. That's
1: great advice.
2: Yes.
0: All right, and our final question, I'm switching this up a little bit. We used to do the one that got away, but now we're doing, what is or was your biggest mistake? And
2: what did you learn? Biggest mistake, what did I learn? That's a challenging one because every day is a mistake for me. I I think the best way to phrase that one for me is, don't be afraid of mistakes, always make a decision and then make slight corrections until you finally get it to the right path forward. The biggest mistakes I've made in my life is when, you know, you overstudy something, you just have never moved forward with it. You never decide. So just, just being decisive is really key, especially if you're in a a leadership position and then you just got to be fearless too. I mean, Half the things I've done, 90% of people are like, no way in hell am I risking all that. And I'm always like going for gold and (laughs) just got to be, you just got to believe in yourself and just realize no matter what you'll get through it and just have a really good support group of friends around you and mentors. And, you know, so that doesn't really get back to like my biggest mistake, but at least gets you just kind of like my line of thinking.
0: All right. I like it. No, that's very good. Well, Keely,
1: thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If our listeners want to get a hold of you or maybe learn more about you and your company, where should we direct them to go?
2: Yeah, just tell them that, to email me at keely at o'brien-co.com. That's K E E L E Y at o'brien, dot R I N-co.com. And just any questions people have especially about the design build world or the, the technology. It's something I'd love to talk about and can talk about endlessly, especially if we're pro- providing a free beer with it.
0: <laughs> well,
1: awesome. I look well, forward Thank you, to you the again beer. so much. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Have a good day.
0: Thank Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community for investing knowledge for growth. Please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone you know wants to be on, please go to westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form.